coming up on today's episode. It's so intricate and so embedded in our society that you look outside of yourself in order to find answers, solutions, enjoyment, love, like everything. And it's all inside of us. Like we have the control. Like, I don't know how many times the brain is described as like a human computer. Just reprogram it then. Welcome to the I Am Healing podcast. My name is Bethany Larson, and I'm here to explore ideas around true health and happiness. Each week, I bring you a story of healing to encourage and inspire us both as we move forward along our own journeys. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with me. I am truly grateful to know that this path is filled with so many beautiful souls. If you find this episode inspiring, please help me spread the message by either sending it to a friend or sharing on social. And if you haven't already, I'd love if you took a moment to subscribe wherever you're listening and leave a rating and review to let me know what you thought and help others find us. We're searching for hope and inspiration. Today on the I Am Healing podcast, it's episode number three with Nicole Hasabala, who shares her story about both her physical and mental journey through multiple sclerosis. In this episode, we'll be talking about the phenomenon of feeling guilty for symptoms that aren't enough, how a victim mindset affects the process of healing, the limitations around believing an illness is incurable, the common misconception that someone who looks normal and happy, has perfect physical and mental health, and so much more. So I first just want to start out by having you introduce your story. So you've had MS and I want, obviously I've heard a bit of your story, but everybody else is completely new to it. So I want you to kind of go over your story and then we'll just, we'll go from there. Okay, sure. So um, my name's Nicole Hasabala. You can call me Nikki. Um, I'm 41 years old. And when I was 20 in college, the summer before my senior year, um, I was having, I kept on tripping. And I thought it was nerve damage or something because I also had scoliosis. So I didn't know if it was a pinched nerve or something like that. But after going to the chiropractor, he sent me over to a neurologist and the neurologist um, told me, and it just rings in my ear all the time. He says, clinically, I clinically have multiple sclerosis. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. I just... Okay, I have it. I was like, I'm still walking. I'm still moving. Like it didn't, it didn't initially affect me. However, when I got to college, that's when I was getting, it was like, it was like a monsoon of symptoms on me because one side of my body was numb. It was like walking around campus was like dragging a log because of my like dead leg or something. And it was all nerves. But, you know, initially I got, I got past that, 
like first hit of symptoms and, and things like that. But as I continued on in my, in my twenties, I felt fine. I was still wearing high heels. I didn't really experience, um, the imbalance that comes along with MS. The, the one thing that hit me so, so hard was the fatigue and it's like you want to you tell people fatigue and they're just like, oh, you're tired. I was like, no, no, it's a completely different sort of feeling. It's just your body just is done. It's almost like you have this extra weight on your body and you have to put forth more effort just to get through the day, whatever your day is. So. um as I, as I started to move into my 30s, I noticed maybe like slight deterioration, even though I would like, I, I was on my medicine and everything. And, you know, I'd have my check-ins with my doctor. He would do MRIs and, you know, thankfully my MRIs were always stable. You know, whatever lesions were in my brain, they weren't multiplying or they weren't growing. So I was kind of like status quo. So I kind of took that for granted. I'm just like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I have MS and nobody knows it unless I tell them because it was so easy to play off like my tripping or whatever as clumsiness. It was so easy because I would walk and no one could tell anything. So you would never tell anybody? It was just like the secret. Um, you know, it was like, if I trust you, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Early on, that's how I was because I didn't, I didn't want people to feel sorry for me because I didn't feel sorry for me. Right. So I just didn't want that energy on me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to have to sit there and explain it. And then I know it sounds weird, but I'm just like, I don't want to hear people tell me I'm a, I'm a strong person. I was like, you don't even know my, like, no, unless you are speaking with somebody that has that same condition, no one else will understand. Never. And the person that was always by my side, ready to help me almost would tell me that she is being strong because I'm strong. And she has to be strong for me. And she would say things like, I've been with you this whole time. Like, I I know what you're going through. I was like, no, you don't. Like, unless you feel it, you have no idea. It was MS, if you you allow it to take over your, your being, your mind, it will tell you, you can't do something. It'll hold you back. It will literally feel like this rope inside of you that's being pulled back. And you don't have that confidence to do things. And I, go ahead. Just a little bit about, for people who understand what MS is, yeah. Yes, I apologize. (laughs) So, MS is multiple sclerosis is a um, central nervous or some, yeah, central nervous um, system 
disease. It's an autoimmune disease. So basically, um, everyone, everyone has this protective covering over their nerves. Um, and when you have MS, it's almost as if your body is attacking itself. So it's attacking though that protective covering. And it's almost like a short circuit. You know, if you look at wires, they have that rubber protecting mm-hmm. over it. And if you cut into it, that wire, that signal is not going to not going to go through as smoothly or clearly. So it's whatever's going on in your body is not hitting your brain correctly. So it's like short circuiting in a sense. So a lot of common symptoms with MS are the fatigue, the imbalance, um, uh, numbness in your, in your hands, uh, in your legs, um, just loss of sensation. So you never know when it's going to happen. And sometimes certain people, um, the cold affects them. Other people, the heat affects them. I'm one of those where like when it's super hot, it's almost as though my body just shuts down. Like I can't, I can't move the same way. Um, it's like somebody just put this heavy blanket over me and I'm just struggling to like move through it. That's what heat does to me. So when it's like winter, I don't like the snow because I'm in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the snow, but I'm just like, oh, the cold is awesome. Like nothing's going to stop me. That sort of thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, MS does present itself differently in everybody because everybody's body is different and it does affect women more than men. And most likely if you, if you're diagnosed with it, it either shows up like around your twenties, something like that, or sometimes into your forties or fifties. So it's, I don't think anybody knows why. And there is currently no cure for MS. However, there are medicines that help to um, just keep things like status quo and sustain it so that it doesn't progress. Man, that would be just so difficult finding that out when you're in your 20s and in college. And to hear that word, I think when doctors say chronic, you're like, what? Like, that sounds bad. <laughs> Why can't I get rid of this? Yeah. 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 That's what you're thinking. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and I was curious to just go back just a little bit. You had said that you didn't share this most of the time. And I'm curious, just based on experience that I've had, whether you felt like your symptoms weren't enough because it's more of something that you can keep in check and people don't really see. And then to kind of explain, like, actually, I do go through things. Um I just feel like it's so much to explain sometimes. So you just pretend like everything's normal. Is that something you vibed with? Um, now that you say it, it was more of a hassle to explain it because I almost wanted to just have a recorder and just hit play <laughs> and like, let me explain it to you because this is the same thing I tell everybody. Yeah. And 
when people hear multiple sclerosis, they're just like, but you look normal. I was like, but what does that mean? What does that mean? Am I supposed to have crutches? Am I supposed to be in a wheelchair? And it's sad because some people do. But why does that like, is it supposed to be like, oh, well, you're not that you're not that sick. Right. You're not, you don't need something to help you walk. But it's because I tried to consciously always keep walking and look normal. I didn't want to, I didn't, it's almost like I'm like a wolf among the sheep and I'm like, they can't know that I'm like, don't let, don't, don't let them in because I don't know what people's reactions were. And I almost didn't want to get triggered because it's like, I put on a strong face because I have to still live life. You know, I, 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 I told myself I was not going to be a victim. So I'm like, I, I, I can't represent that. I almost felt like sometimes like a token representative, like, you know what? Yes, I get it. You have it, but it, it, you can work through it. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, I almost felt guilty sometimes because the kind of medicine that I was taking was intravenous. So you're in like, uh, like an infusion center, And then you see people that are worse off. And then here I am just like speed walking. And then they're the ones that maybe have to use a cane or they're in a wheelchair. And I'm almost like, I almost don't even want to say that I had MS because I was like, I'm, I'm, I felt this whole time that I'm like, I'm so thankful and I'm so blessed that Somehow or another, I made it through. I don't know how. I don't always know how. I can have my suspicions. It's faith in a higher power. It's exercise. It's um, mindset or something. And I have to admit that part of my deterioration not only had to do with the fact that I took how healthy I was for granted. So I didn't, I didn't exercise as much as I should have. I didn't keep my body healthy, but it was also when um, I was in emotional situations. I was in negative situations that brought me down. And that's when I would have um, like episodes Like I had had episodes where my right hand went numb and it was just like, I would, I would drop a pen because I wouldn't even know that I was holding it there. um, Like I mentioned in college, my whole left side was just numb or there was like a loss of sensation. So, and then I had double vision at one point and it was just Moments of stress and um, negative emotions definitely always brought on my symptoms. Yeah, I think that's so interesting the way how stress has and plays a role within disease um, or disease. 
And, yes, exactly. And I recognize that within, like when something already has manifested in your body. Um, but I'm curious if you ever felt like stress was what brought on MS to begin with, or if you felt like there was something that may have had, you know, had a play within that? Right. I think initially, it's just, MS for me is just has ties to so many different points in my life. Um, Because when I was initially diagnosed by a doctor, he was saying that, oh, most likely it was dormant in your body since you were 17. And then I was 20 or 21 when I got diagnosed. So I was like, I'm thinking back. I was like, what was happening when I was 17? And why did he point out 17? Like, I think he was going with a range. Okay. I think, yeah. I was just curious. I know a lot of times there's genes that get switched on for some reason. Yeah. And there's no history of it in my family. Oh, interesting. Um, So I was like, okay, 17, senior year of high school. And I, my mind of everything that happened in my life, my mind always brought me back to this one moment. And I was like, this is why I'm remembering it because this was a key point. Um, I remember I was taking my, my senior portraits during the summer before my senior year. And my older sister wouldn't pick me up from the high school, which was literally a mile away from the house. But it was summer. It was August. It was hot. I didn't want to walk. So she made me walk home. Not that I wasn't used to walking back and forth from school because that's what I would do. But this time I noticed, I was like, my memory, my memory reminded me that I tripped. I was like, that's not me. Why was I, why did I trip? And you know, sidewalks always have that, those cracks in it. And it's just like, but this is my route all the time. Like I know where these cracks are. I know when they're coming up and how I need to um, redirect my steps. But this time I just tripped and I was like, I don't like, but why? And it was just one incident. I don't remember anything after that. But then the summer that I was diagnosed the the um the symptom that showed was a drop foot so it was basically like um that muscle in your ankle in the front of your foot it basically i, I had no muscle strength and it was basically like a flapping foot but i kept tripping i was on vacation i was on vacation in arizona So it was hot, but it was dry heat. So I was like, okay, I don't think anything of it. And I used to love the sun. I don't sit in the sun anymore. I was like, no heat for me just because of the MS. So it wasn't at that time when I was initially diagnosed that I attributed my MS to anything except for the fact that I asked for it. Not specifically, but I asked for it because growing up, I didn't feel like I was heard by my family and by people around me. And I'm sure it was a reflection of my own confidence in myself and my self-esteem. So I remember always saying, just, I I need something that's going to just prove to people that I'm strong. 
And I kept on wanting it and wanting. I didn't know what I was asking for. But the universe gave it to me. And initially, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't make that connection. But I'm just like, I I brought this on. I did this. Like, I wasn't being punished. I wasn't doing anything. It was just because I asked. And like the universe was like, it was almost like the universe was like flipping through possibilities. And I was like, <laughs> we're going to pick that one for her. Like, since she's asking, like, let's just go with this one. So <laughs> um, it wasn't until recently. And when I say recently, I mean like months, like the past few months. Um, I moved out of my mother's home. So I almost feel like a late bloomer. But I was kind of out before that, but it was, you know, bad relationships, going into debt. So, you know, thank God for my mom. She, you know, she was there. But I always felt a heavy energy around her where she was, she was always trying to do everything for me because of the MS. Before the before anything, my mom knew I was like super independent. I didn't listen to anybody. I didn't listen to authority. I just did things whenever I wanted to do things. I didn't tell people I was doing it. It, it. Like I didn't feel the need that I needed to inform you that I wanted to go here and therefore I went. So I and I wasn't rebellious. I was just like, why do I have to tell anybody? Yeah, you know what you wanted and you just went for it. Yeah. And then MS happened and it's just like, I felt like I had a caretaker in my mother, which was good, but also not good in the long run because somebody was always taking care of me and I didn't take care of myself. But when I moved out, I'm just like, I'm, you know, I'm just, I think I was, I, I, I got to a point in my life where I was just ready for the next level. I was ready for a change. I was ready for something new. I was just, I was very stagnant. So I would tell myself, it's like, no, I was like, I'm not going to let this hold me back. So it's almost like I started walking more. I started stretching more and exercising. And I was like, I don't have MS. I was like, it's just because my body hasn't been like moving. I haven't been doing anything with it. I've just been sitting on it, like sitting on the couch and like telling people, no, I can't do that because I have MS. No, I can't hike because then I'll get tired. And then I have to explain to people that I have MS. And then it's going to look like it's an excuse. Like I went through all this dialogue in my head and it was, it was, it's still a journey because I'm not where I want to be physically, but it truly is in the mindset. And then I realized where everything stemmed from. It was, it was truly me holding me back. No one gave me MS. I didn't like contract MS. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything. It's all in your head. And I'm just like, wow. Like you hear about the cancer patients that they're like terminal cancer patients. And then like one day they're just like, 
no cancer in the body. And I was like, that's true. I was like, I don't even think cancer is a, it's going to come out wrong. No, it's okay. <laughs> if I said it, <laughs> if I said it the way I just said it, but, um, I think all disease, what we consider disease is all just a physical manifestation of your mind. Yeah, I believe. And it's not surface stuff. It's like deeply embedded in your being. It's things from your childhood. If If they're like, if a person just thinks back to their past, any part of their past and certain memories are the ones that are popping out those are the places you need to explore in your life. Dig a little bit deeper, figure out really what it was. Because sometimes we just go through hurt and pain and we're like, okay, we got through it. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to go back to my scrapbook and look at that. Like it's, it's, it's gone. But I think that's where it all stems from. Yeah, I'm curious, did you did you all kind of just start having this idea come to surface when you were going to, you know, have your own place separate from your mom's or how did you switch into this idea of thinking? I think it was over time because being at home with my mom um I just I felt trapped. I felt trapped and even when I even when I visit her still, I it's almost like I walk through this gateway that just with the energy and I'm just like, okay, I have, I have to brace myself. Like, don't, don't fall back into the trap. But by doing that, I'm falling back in the trap because when I'm in my house, I'm not tripping. Like maybe I stumble a little bit here and there, but I'm more aware. And when I go to my mom's, she, she has this thing that is like so caring but annoying at the same time <laughs> because she's always looking at my legs. She's always looking at my feet. How are you walking? You need to do this, Nicole. You need to you need to exercise more. Are you okay? How are you feeling? Are you sure? And I'm like, oh my God, please. Like, I love you, but please stop. And I've even talked to her about it. And I said, I know that what you do and what you say is out of love and out of caring, but your worry is actually a negative energy. And by worrying, you are attracting it. Stop worrying. And I'm saying this star about everything, but in this specific conversation, it was obviously about me. I don't do it so much anymore because I think I've gotten a better handle on myself about allowing negative energy into my space. But I used to, when I would be around my family, I think all of us somehow or another are the black sheep in the family. So I feel like I'm the black sheep of my family. And so I just have a different energy than them. I would come home and sage. I would sage myself to like get rid of all the negativity. And I would sage my space and everything. I was like, no, I can't. Like, I don't want to have any like remnants of them on me. And not because they're bad people. It was just, we're just, we're vibrating differently, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it can be really so. difficult when you feel like, you know, we attract and we will not attract, but we become the people that we're around because their energy is always there. And I think when you're not, I mean, if you're more secure in your energy and you've had it for longer periods of time, then I think it's probably easier to go into those situations. But when you're still trying to figure things out, it can be really difficult sometimes. Because they just, they keep drawing on your paper, you know, and like with a crayon or a pen or something, like you can't erase it. Yeah. So then you have to like get new paper. So it's always like a learning thing. Yeah, like I've you're always, that. it's a cycle. It's a, it's a journey. Everything is a journey and it, the journey actually never ends until you die. That's the end of the journey. It's <laughs> not like, oh, I reached this destination. Okay. I'm done. I'm done with life. Yeah. But it's, it, yeah, everything you learn, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think your analogy is really interesting. I've not heard that before about, you know, coloring on a piece of paper and everything. And I guess the sage can like wipe it away, but I've always thought about things more, and maybe this is a different case separate from energy, but looking back and just rewriting your story uh, before it meant this and really, you know, you can put it in a more empowering way and say like, actually, I learned all of this from it or whatever it is and reshape and remold it like as if it's clay, like they're throwing clay at you this time. <laughs> and now you can take the clay and be like, oh, but what do I want to do with this? And that's how I, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because that's how I feel because I feel like I'm entering into a new cycle in my life where I've kind of, okay, I figured it out. Like I didn't work through it totally. I think that's still part of the journey, but I was like, okay, I figured it out. I understand where it stems from. Um, I know how it affects me. Now I have the choice. Do I let it continue to affect me? Or do I say, no, I'm just healing from that. Like I don't have MS. I'm just healing from MS. And that's something new that I learned and that I started saying. And it saying that out loud actually brings me back to when I was initially diagnosed. And I went to this MS center that just, you know, that's obviously their main focus. And the the person there, maybe it was the intake person or like nurse practitioner or something. It wasn't the doctor. She was very like solemn with me. And she goes, you know, maybe she touched my shoulder and knee. And she goes, I just want to let you know, you know, MS doesn't have you. You have MS. And I'm just like, I don't like that. I like, I initially, the second I heard it, I rejected it. And I rejected that whole institution. I was like, nope. I didn't admit that I had it. I wasn't part of any MS groups. I wasn't part of MS society. I was like, I am not doing it. If I'm a part of this, that means I'm perpetuating it. And it was like, it was my own denial. I promise you the first five years of my diagnosis, official diagnosis, I was in absolute denial. Like it was so obvious that something was going on with me physically no I was into I was like no I don't have it like it'll go away yeah and life just happens people happen in your life and then you have it yeah it makes me really curious because sometimes I'm always wondering about the idea between our beliefs and what we're aware of 
you know, from the conscious to the subconscious. And maybe subconsciously there was something you saying like, yes, I have this and I need it because of such and such thing that happened, um, you know, but it was all subconscious. And then, you know, becoming aware of it and realizing, I just, I find it so fascinating. And again, like you're bringing up something that maybe I don't always think about, but I actually did identify with having MS. It's just like, yes, I'm the healthy MS representative. <laughs> like you can't tell, but yes, I have it. And I, and I didn't do that outwardly, but maybe inward, like internally, I, that's how I saw myself. But then I didn't want to, I didn't want people to know that I had it. So it was just like, like my secret, my secret, like badge or something. There's just like, you don't know what that's about, but I have it. Yeah. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Just going to put it out there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't happens. (laughs) Explain. Yeah. It's just like, I'm not part of any of the clubs, but I know about it. Like that's almost what, (laughs) that's almost what I was doing. Yeah. I think what you did made a lot of sense to me, even if it might not have at the time, maybe subconsciously it did. But I think there's a part of me that really would like to find a support group for the things that I go through. Um, But I want to make sure that it's a group that is not going to be filling my head with the ideas, I think. And not, I don't want to ever you know, say anything bad about the medical industry, but I think there are things that they are really capable of dealing with. And then there's all the things that they basically say are chronic illnesses that they can't be healed from. And in my mind, they, you want to be like the be all end all, if that's the phrase, where they can't allow other ideas of healing to exist because they're worried that if they can't figure it out, then and then maybe the rest of the stuff isn't like, it's a I don't know. Like it's, it's interesting to me. Um, but I guess I wish that they wouldn't do that because I think it tells so much of our society. Cause I think most people, when they have issues wrong with them, they first turn to their doctor because that's where society tells us to do, to go. We have right. health insurance And we go and we basically all just get told for the things that they don't know how to figure out that, oh, you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. But we have pills, so don't worry. (laughs) So I definitely have an opinion about the medical industry, something that like is in our face all the time, but we never pay attention to it. At least I never paid attention to it, that when people are doctors, they say, yeah, this person is practicing medicine. But if you just focus on the word practice, it's like, what does that mean? Like you're testing it out. Like sometimes people like my own, my father kept on having these pains in his stomach and they thought it was gastric. The doctor's like, try this for two weeks and then let me know how that works. Didn't work. Okay, let's try another or something. Didn't work. Found out it has nothing to do. It's not even gastric. He has a hernia. That's where his pain is coming from. So the fact that doctors are just shoving pills in our face, like fix this, do that, blah, blah, blah. Doctors, I feel, are treating symptoms. They're not treating the source. And I truly believe that the source of everything we experience is our minds. It's like, well, do you think, do you believe that you have something with you? It's, 
look at it at the other side of the perspective. When when you want somebody to achieve something great, you just tell you tell them you have to believe in yourself. Yeah. So if you believe in the power of you, then you can conquer anything. Like, yeah, you may not have like lasers coming out of your eyes or like superpower like that, but you can conquer anything. And it's crazy because you think back to ancient societies, like no electricity, no like real running water, all the luxuries that we have today. And we're like, oh my God, how did they live? I'm like, if they lived, like they they survived because if they didn't survive, then we wouldn't even be here in the first place. So they must have been doing something right. They had to live off of the earth and what the, the earth offered. And perhaps their early deaths had nothing to do with disease, but it had to do with their environment. It's like animals. You know, you're sharing. Animals can't get into our homes unless we just leave the door open and invite them in. (laughs) But like we're protected. But way back whenever people aren't protected. So that's their it's not they don't they don't die from not all of them. I can't say that nobody died from a disease, but things were more holistic. Yeah. Something I find really interesting and I've thought about a little bit is that I wonder maybe the reason, part of the reason, obviously there's a lot of environmental factors that go into all of this Mm -hmm. um, because it changes the way we think about the world. But I also wonder that we are becoming much more open and hearing so much more just because of social media and how we're also connected now. And it's becoming so normal to have issues wrong with you. And we might also see like that there's a benefits from having issues because like people can explain like, oh, this is like why I was late or <laughs> like because I couldn't do something because I couldn't follow my dream or you think your dream's too big. And I think that's part of my thing too, that I think I always keep letting my issues, like my health things get in the way of achieving all of these things that I want to achieve. And I think that's almost part of the key for me is to just stop making those excuses and I think it's sometimes so hard because they're physical excuses and you feel like so horrible um and just just stop making the excuses like push through it sometimes I mean yes you have to like give your body love but if you can start achieving your dreams and to like show yourself that you were empowered enough to do that with Mm -hmm. all of that stuff I think if you start realizing like your body starts realizing subconsciously that the disease is not going to stop you, then what's the point of it being there anymore? If it actually, I think for me manifested because I needed some sort of excuse that was beyond my internal world. Mm -hmm. I think that's the whole thing again, where the internal creates the external. Um, And I, I don't know if that's where the disease stemmed from, because I was feeling like if I didn't do like fulfill my dream, then then it was my fault, and I couldn't I couldn't have it be my fault. It had to be something externally, and that's you know a whole psychology thing where we always blame the external. So let's find something external to blame it, but really it's something still mm-hmm. always inside of you. Yeah, and it, a lot of times. Um... I think there are different levels of 
victim mentality within all of us. You know, it's when we hear that word victim, we're like, oh my God, what crime happened to this person? Like, were they part of a shooting? Did someone attack them? That sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like victim mentality is some sort of what you were saying, external factor that affected what you did. And it's, it's so intricate and so embedded in our society that you look outside of yourself in order to find answers, solutions, right. uh, enjoyment, love, like everything. And it's all inside of us. Like we have the control. Like, I don't know how many times the brain is described as like a human computer. Just reprogram it then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's so, I know it's like what I'm saying just sounds so basic, but there is definitely a lot of things involved in it. But you init- you have to make that initial choice because once you start making that choice that you don't want to be in that same mindset, the universe is going to work with you and it's going to start showing you like people or places. And it's just like, oh, I want to search this on Google. Oh, I saw this commercial. And like, maybe you didn't notice that commercial before, but now you do because it has something to do with your own um, awareness and your own growth and healing. Yeah, I think so. ideas so interesting about the cognitive biases we have that shape how we see the world. Um, but, you know, kind of circling it back to MS and like how you're dealing with that. Um, do you feel now that you are in this knowing? I think for me, I feel like I'm in the knowing consciously, but subconsciously I'm still like, I don't think I'm quite there yet because if I was probably everything that I'm experiencing would just completely fall away. Um, Cause you know, I'm always, you know, we're both into Bob Proctor and his teachings. And I think, you know, we've learned that sometimes these things happen, these paradigm shifts, these mindset shifts happen all of a sudden. And sometimes they happen gradually. And I think, as you were saying before, that in order to even come to the mindset that it was possible to have this happen, it took a, a while. But I, I kind of have this feeling that the more energy, like the people we surround ourselves and the energy and the questions they're asking, not, oh, like, you know, is something wrong? Like, you know, but more positive and the energy is positive. The more you have that around you, I think the more you are able to kind of shift the environment you're in into something, you know, listening to people's healing stories, like all of these things and being like, yeah, this is possible. And to really start believing it subconsciously to the point where you would have everything fall away. Yes. And, you know, you said that you're like, well, I'm aware, but I'm not completely healed yet. And I think I'm in that same place. And, you know, based on on Bob Proctor's teachings and talking about paradigms and things like that, I still am aware of my paradigms. I just haven't like overcome them yet. So my last I can't say my last, but the current paradigm I'm working on is the exercising because I never did it. I never did it habitually. It's just like, oh yeah, maybe I should like stretch or take a walk or, you know, it's, it was so just sporadic and unplanned and things like that. So one of the things 
I know. I know. It's like I got so used to being who I was that I'm like, oh crap, I gotta change now. Like I gotta, I gotta be a different person. And that's a daily struggle. Like it's for my time, it's 6:30 at night. I have not exercised yet. I didn't do anything like beneficial for my body. You know, I took my vitamins and whatever, but that's, that's for my inner body, but I didn't do anything physical for my body yet. So it's those things because, you know, I think a lot of people wake up early to exercise because they're like, wait, wait, let me just get this out of the way because I know I'm not going to have time to do it later. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I haven't operated that way yet. Yeah. I'm just like morning. I was like, no, I, I like to sleep <laughs> in. Like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. So I'm still working through it. I know how, I know how to fix it. But then also a part of me is like, if I exercise, does that mean like it's over? It's done? Like, do I not take my medicine anymore? Mm. Am I completely healed? Right. Like, is it enough? Yes. Yes. The shift been made to where this is going to work now because I believe it's going to work. And again, I still feel like there's so many factors involved in that. Like currently, like with COVID and everything, it's just like, it's like everybody wants to get out, but is everybody getting out? Everybody wants to be active, but is it still that small percentage of people that are doing it? And I know for you, I know that you walk every day and I'm just like, I need to be like Bethany and walk. <laughs> and you do it and I like I make I make the excuse of I can't do two things at the same time like you're walking and exercising and talking and being engaged but you're you're doing that all at the same time I find a way to like make an excuse so the reason why I'm saying this is I'm like I'm, I'm happy that I'm aware that I understand where things are coming from, but I'm still working through it. So I'm still healing the day that I'm just like MS. What is that? Even if my MRIs show lesions in my brain, I'm going to be like, "Mm, okay. Like those are scars. Like I want to treat them like scars, not as something that's active in my brain. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I'm, Wondering, well, maybe, you know, because you could, doctors tell you one thing and then it's their way of viewing the world, but you don't necessarily have to take their view of the world as long as you understand that on a subconscious level. (laughs) But I think habits can be so difficult to keep up sometimes um, because there was like, I swear you probably didn't know this, but probably like three days last week. I don't think I walked at all. <laughs> um, and I made excuses and I kind of fell out of my paradigm that I was creating or at least this habit that I was creating. Right. Um, I also think with when you change a habit, I've realized because a, a lot of times people are like, you live so healthy, like, you know, you can't have anything wrong with you. But I think that this whole time I've just been trying to incrementally, you know, do things that are healthier and I haven't been mindful enough to the point where I'm like, I am doing this because it is going to heal me. I'm more, I think it has something to do still with that victim mindset holding on that like, I'm going to do this, but I do everything and everything, everything and nothing works. And 
I think that's a really interesting thing to end up trying to get past because I've tried so many different types of therapies, like things I would have never tried before. But, at, you know, at some point you just like, I have to try everything because something's going to work. Um, but I've started realizing that I have something where I feel with the victim mindset is so deep in there that you feel that nothing ever works. And I, you know, it's interesting your self-talk. I don't know in what cases I would have said this, but you know, the times where people are like, I've tried everything and nothing ever works. And if you like, if you say that, then it's nothing's going to work. Yeah, exactly. And you just keep putting it out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like this whole victim thing that can come across into everything. You have to find, I think, a place in your life and exercise one of those things where you're like, I'm going to do this and it's going to work. And you start seeing it because you believe it's going to work. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so interesting. No, it's all about words. I think like, don't make things a challenge. Oh, this is a challenge. No, this is an opportunity for me to see like, where I can go and how I can do it. So and everything's an opportunity about it. Yeah. yeah. And just, I don't know, and excited and have like the energy being, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's find out, you know, kind of do an experiment with yourself because if you're doing it, this victim mindset, like, Oh, I have to do this because you know, then my symptoms will be better. I hope, <laughs> you know, then it's, right. it's not, you don't really, you're not really bought into the idea. Right. Yeah which is so important. (laughs) Okay. Um, so we're getting close on time here. So I want to ask before I ask you the final question, where can we connect with you on social media? Yes. You can definitely find me on Instagram because I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on there. Okay, great. Awesome. And then the final question I want to ask you is what is your definition of health? Oh my God. (laughs) I never thought of answering that question um let it come from your heart I think it's where you feel confident and comfortable in your body um and it's like everything everything is just working as it's supposed to you know you don't have that anxiety you don't have something physical holding you back. And if you do, you're working through it. So it's just, it's a a level of awareness too. I think it's so many things. I think it's just, do you, it's, do you want to live in a dumpster or do you want to live in a garden? I think that's really what it is. And it's all about what do you put into your body? Food, thoughts, media, what are you putting into your body? Because that's going to, that's what's going to make it healthy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it brought your spirit up, sparked an aha moment, or fueled curiosity around your growing idea of what it means to heal. If you'd like to listen to another episode of the I Am Healing podcast or connect with us on social, go ahead and check out the links below in the description. Also, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening and share with a friend you think may resonate. And again, I'd love to hear your feedback. So share a quick review and let me know about any realizations you had or ideas that stood out to you the most about this episode. To end, I'd like to share a quote by James Nestor. If someone tells you something is impossible, go prove that it's not.